Roses are red, violets are blue. We love shape balls. How about you? <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up, y'all, and we know just a gift to give that special someone for any and all special occasions. This V-Day, it's time to give him the gift that 4 million men worldwide trust for Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. So this holiday went by dumb quick, y'all. Like, it really did. Like, I blinked and it was 2022. Anyway, if you didn't give him the gift that he really wanted, make sure you get it right this time, ladies, with the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. It's a gift every guy needs in their life to make each and every day a little bit more special. So this product he is going to absolutely love. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Now, if you listened to my last episode or if you have seen my Instagram, you know I've talked about this product, using it on myself. I love, 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 love it. You can use it in the shower. It actually trims hair on loose skin. I don't have balls, but men do, and I know balls be loose. So <laughs> why not use the Lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped? This package also includes the Weed Whacker. It is a nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all of his worst weeds. Now, I received the Weed Whacker and because I don't have nose hair and ear hair, that is an issue. However, my father, being an elderly man, does. I gave it to him for a birthday gift. So I will keep you all updated with how he feels about it. When he gets it, his birthday, ironically, is three days before Valentine's Day. But absolutely, absolutely will let you guys know what he thinks about it. Also, this package is perfect. It comes with their shed travel bag, anti-chafing boxers, boxer briefs to be specific, which I fucking love because they sent me a pair and a bitch love boxers. So I'm going to wear them. <laughs> But it comes with the travel bag. It comes with the anti-chafing boxer briefs. And to complete this package and make it even more perfect, it comes with a crop preserver ball deodorant and a crop reviver ball toner. So you get all of this in the performance package 4.0. And not to mention it's cruelty-free, dye-free, paraffin-free, and vegan. And if you know me, I have been very big on my carbon footprint. I've been doing a lot of recycling shit and composting shit and, you know, not getting on topic. But yes, Manscaped is definitely the product that you want to get your man on V-Day. So you can go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer. My exclusive offer. It's 20% off and free shipping with the code Kiki. Trust me, his balls will thank you and you will thank his balls. Okay, now let's get ready for the show. Greetings and salutations, you kinky fucks. Welcome back for another episode of Kinks with Kiki. Actually, episode 86. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're staying warm. I hope you all are staying safe as we continue to get through the panorama and all of its variants. So I just hope everyone is well. Uh, jump right into the episode. This week's S&M, aka Song and Mood of the Week, is going to be Poke It Out by Wale featuring J. Cole. Yeah, she got a 
right. So I'm just going to go right ahead and jump into weekly with Kiki. So there hasn't been a lot going on in my life. By the time you all hear this, I will have returned back to my office full time, live and in color and in person. Not too happy about it because COVID is running rampant all through the house like Tomb Raider and we are in the office. I have dodged COVID, knock on wood, these last almost three years. So I'm just trying to stay safe. And if that means I got to spray somebody with Lysol or push them out of my space when I get to work, I'll do so. Like, I don't think I'll get, you know, in trouble for that because you shouldn't be that close to me anyway. I could have sworn at the beginning of this thing, they said six feet apart. Why the fuck are you on my shoulder? So I'm not looking forward to it, but it is what it is. Uh, I've, you know, it's been bi-weekly with Kiki. Um, nothing much has been going on. I did manage to do my first major outing since 2020. Since literally March of 2020, I went to uh, a Brooklyn Nets and OKC Thunder game at Barclays. Was terrified the entire time because COVID, but... I was super careful. We were precautious. I wore my mask on top of my mask, on top of a mask damn near. Um, I was not trying to get sick or be around a lot of people, but I'm trying to get some type of normalcy back in my life because I am becoming a hermit. I am always in the house, only in the house. And I'm actually getting a little tired of it, especially since I used to be in the streets before COVID, especially now, you know, living back in New York and I moved back to New York during the height of COVID. So I'm just trying to get some type of normal routine going back aside from work. Like I I miss having a social life. I miss having a personal life where I went outside and I did things because I was able to. I know, again, we are in the pandemonium and it really sucks. I don't like it, but it is what it is. So that was my first event. The game was awesome. I am a basketball fan. I am not a sports girl. So please don't think I'm that girl. I can't tell you shit about football. I understand baseball because I played softball, but I'm a basketball fan because I'm a Duke basketball fan. If you are a North Carolinian, if you know, you know. So that was fun. I got to go with Lori. Uh, We made friends with two little white guys that sat beside us. They were cool. Um, And that was basically it. Uh, (laughs) I haven't, again, had much of an exciting year thus far in January because of COVID. So hopefully I will, you know, enjoy more outdoor things as it starts to warm up in June, because you guys know if you live in New York, it's not really warm until June. So I have about four or five months, whatever. Um, let me think, has anything else interesting happened in my life? It has not. Um, it's really unfortunate. Nope. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into this week's episode. So this week, and I just want to give, you know, full, you know, disclaimer, I apologize in advance if you guys hear my heating unit. It is fucking cold in New York City. As I record this, it is a whomping 20 degrees outside and I'm sorry, I love y'all. I 
genuinely do. Y'all have been rocking with me almost four years at this point. So I thoroughly love you all, but I am not going to fucking freeze for 30 minutes to an hour for you. Sorry, I'm just not. Like, my apartment is not cold because we have four units, like, in the wall. It's warm in this bitch, and it's going to stay that way. So if you guys hear any noise in the background... I assure you, if it's not sirens from the outside, because Brooklyn, it is definitely the heating unit that is right above me. Okay, so this week for episode 86, we are going to discuss fair play. So fair play can be a number of things, but in this particular episode, I just want to break down the basis of fear play even though it's you know multifaceted and it has levels I just want to break down the foundation of what a fear play actually is and how it works so fear play is considered a form of psycho-emotional S&M involving the use of fear to elicit powerful emotional responses from our primal survival mechanism so fight or flight This is going to be not necessarily a scientific uh, episode, but it's going to be educational for the most part. I will say offhand, I don't have a lot of experience with fear-based play because one, I'm a sensitive bitch. Two, I'm a scary bitch. Don't do anything that's going to scare the shit out of me because more than likely it's not going to go in the direction you're expecting it to go like if you scare me and thinking it's going to arouse me which I know that's not the case for everyone but for me I assure you it is going to go left and it's going to go left very swiftly and it will not end well so like I said elicit powerful emotional responses from our primal survival mechanisms fight or flight basically so in fair play an individual's terrified mental state can trigger a rush of adrenaline which causes arousal so the interesting thing about fear play is it is the complete opposite of masochism because fear play triggers adrenaline while as masochism triggers endorphins so you get a rush from both Um, from what I've experienced with adrenaline, adrenaline is more of that excited rush and like, Oh, you know, roller coasters and things of that nature. Um, endorphins more so is euphoric where you are just literally in a state of bliss and euphoric happiness. I can't even explain it, but I've been, you know, as a masochist, I have been in a state of full euphoria thanks to endorphins so they differ in that way it's fair play like i said sorry about that guys fair play is considered a form of edge play um this type of edge play isn't what you're thinking so if you're thinking like edging itself is actually not edging fair play kind of teeters that line of trading into dangerous territory or any type of activity that can consist of pushing a person to their mental physical emotional limits or capacities so when I think edging in that sense I think of okay you're going to consensually 
you're going to do this particular thing to me that you know will bring out God-given fear, but the ultimate goal is that adrenaline rush that thus in turn becomes arousal. I am a scary bitch. Y'all can probably hear me say that a few times. It's going to be a very quick episode because there's not a lot of information on fear play, but because it's not something I wanted to shed light on. I am a scary bitch. I don't do horror movies. I'm just getting into like all the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s horror movies. Fuck all that Saw shit. I will never see Saw. Final Destination scared the shit out of me. I still can't drive behind a log truck on any interstate in this country if you know you know so again I'm a scary bitch um uh, um someone who doesn't like their limits and capacities pushed because I will crumble like feta real easily and I will be a weeping wet sobbing mess in a corner in a fetal position boohooing to my mother so (laughs) that gives you some context that this is not the kink for me okay So I found this really good when I was reading the articles and, you know, gathering my notes like I like to do. I found this interesting segment from this website and I believe it was called, if you give me two seconds, I can tell you guys, limitsunleashed.com. And the person, it only said the initials SV at the end of the article. So if you guys have heard of this article, definitely point me in the direction of where I can follow they seem like they have a pretty dope blog and just insight on kink and everything so I found this very interesting uh quotation output that SV put in their article while there are many kinds of fear play the one thing that they have in common is that they test one's emotional resiliency be you the top or the bottom As the bottom, one must face the likelihood that confessions and weaknesses will be turned against you. As a top, one will have to draw upon sometimes uncomfortably dark aspects of the self and realize that once you connect with your shadow in that fashion, that there is no going back. Now, I don't know to the people who are in therapy or the people who are actively working on themselves like I am shadow work is a real thing and that is not a space of myself that I have tapped into as of yet but it is something that I've become very discerning and aware of so I pay attention to my own actions and my own reactions to things that may trigger me and I am keeping a journal to write down and figure out how I can tackle those things that are a part of my shadow. So to those who just sidebar, to those who are not aware of shadow work, shadow work is basically that dark side of you that you are hiding. Like it's always behind you, but it's not a part of your frontal representative. And this is not me going on a psychological tangent. I am nobody's therapist but I've been doing a lot of reading on shadow work because I do want to know what my triggers are and I want to be aware of me projecting onto people and those projections and why they're projections in the first place so that is me actively working on my own shadow but when I read this part I thought it was very interesting because it almost makes me wonder like as a top or dom when you tap into your shadow how 
how dark of a person does that make you in a kink or a BDSM realm? So that's a question I feel like I would have to ask like a sex therapist, a sex psychologist. Hopefully I will find one and I will be able to get that question answered. But I'm very curious about that. So as we all know, fear is a very primal emotion. Clearly we need it. Um, honestly, it is necessary for our survival and us just being human in general. We all have fears, whether they are physical fears, whether they're emotional fears. We, you know, people have fear of heights, fear of spiders, fear of failing, uh, fear of disappointing people. Fear is so it has so many different levels to it that it is like quintessential to being a human being. Sometimes we don't recognize our fears. Sometimes uh, we don't doubt, you know, that it takes over. Sometimes we have doubts that it's even taken over. Oftentimes we enjoy it. Sometimes we don't. But we're on the we're on the wave of enjoying fear with this episode. So that's what we're going to talk about. And fear, as we know, sometimes it can be extremely exhausting, completely necessary, or it can be just downright exhilarating. So I'll give you an example. We as a people, I can't speak for everyone, but this is a very common thing. A roller coaster is a great example of a psychological adrenaline rush. Once you get on a roller coaster, it is perceived that you are in a safe and a controlled environment, clearly, because if it wasn't, you would not be there. Like if they told you to get on a roller coaster and there is no protection with the seating or no seat belts or the little thingies that go over you that lock. I can't think of the name of that, but if there's not, if they weren't there, you would not be here. So you're under the impression that you're in a safe and controlled environment. Psychological fear requires a person to subconsciously and consciously recognize that they aren't in any real danger. That is what makes roller coasters or anything that gives us fear so exhilarating and that adrenaline rush because you know when you're on a roller coaster and you're going up slowly y'all know how it is I've been to enough theme parks to know when you're going up slowly and you're about to hit that first drop you have that fear of the unknown and your heart is racing and you're nervous but you're excited at the same time and then you drop and it's all this fear but then you know subconsciously you know you're in a safe space so nothing's going to harm you so you can justify your fear almost and consciously clearly you know what you're doing and what you're aware of so you're excited because you're like shit this is scaring the fuck out of me but I know I'm going to be okay so I am going to enjoy the ride thus in turn I said that already twice already I'm gonna not say thus in turn anymore but um That is what gives you the adrenaline rush. Fear play is literally the same thing. So it is a controlled consensual environment of something that is going to produce a fear that you are subconsciously and consciously aware of that you are not in any danger and this is not going to cause you any harm. So why fear play why fear play as a kink why participate in something that will scare the shit out of you on purpose by accident but on purpose (laughs) and the question is the rush I mean the answer is the rush just like I said uh 
a roller coaster is that up and down, that fear, that unknown, but that excitement and that exhilaration. It's just, it's, that is why people are into fear play the way they are. And fear play isn't just, boom, I'm scaring you. No, it's levels to, it can be threatened. It can be kidnapping. It can be knives, needles, weapons, like so many different levels of fear play. But like I said, with this episode, I just want to get to the basis, not necessarily the different branches of fear play itself, even though I do plan to speak on kidnapping kink soon. Um, I just want to get to the foundation of why all of these types of kink in plays all revolve around one focal point, which is fear. So reason being is the rush. The basically the common element of fear play is the adrenaline rush. It's just like, theme park rides again in horror movies and haunted houses extreme sports you get the adrenaline rush and again not to get scientific on you again but again this isn't me talking about well this is what you can do with fear I actually just wanted to break down the logical aspect of fear play because it's kind of hard to rationalize for people who are not into this kink I I assume and I'm very open to everything, so it doesn't really strike me as like, well, why would you do that? Um, people aren't really aware. They can't rationalize. Well, why would you want to be scared? I don't understand. Like, they can't rationalize it because it's not a part of who they are. But for the people that it is, I'm hoping to the folks that aren't into it, this can shed some light. So if it is brought to your attention by somebody one day, you'll be like, oh, Kiki talked about that. I'm aware of this. I know about this. I can be an ally to you because for some reason, people like to say I kink shame when I don't. I like to joke. I don't kink shame. It is what it is. Um, But from a scientific standpoint, there is a part of the brain called an amygdala that floods the brain with neurochemicals to aid survival. Although there are 30 various hormones, the most notable are adrenaline, dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, and cortisol. If you're an adult, we've all heard of these. We've in this pandemic, we are all trying to find ways to chemically, non-chemically stimulate these hormones, except for cortisol, because fuck out of here. I know we need it, but it's a stress hormone. Nobody wants the cortisol belly. Um, we're just trying to stimulate these just so we can feel something because we're in a scary time. But you know, anyway, this effect, all these hormones and all these chemicals running around at the peak of fear, this effect often heightens senses, speed, strength. It races like your heart begins to race. You have clear breathing and you are more focused. So this really is a survival part of the brain because when it's fight or flight, when you are terrified and I have been in situations that it where it's been fight or flight, that is probably the clearest thinking I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm not talking about this isn't in a kink aspect or a sexual aspect. This is from a legit point of view. Like when you have to think on instinct and it's it becomes strictly primal you don't have time to think about anything else you just need to get out of the situation 
you would be very surprised at how clear your mind becomes when you're like, okay, bitch, you got to do this or die. And it's the instinct and the human brain and just humanity in general fascinates me because fight or flight is probably one of those phenomenons that I've always been intrigued by because you don't you don't think you just do you completely go on instinct to get yourself out of a dangerous situation and in fear play you can trigger this reaction without being in any actual danger and this is why I said I would be a weeping sobbing mess in a fetal position in the corner crying for my mother because again sensitive bitch Another reason people are into fear play is, duh, the excitement. <laughs> um, I read an article. I'm always reading articles because, you know, reading is fundamental. Knowledge is power. Knowing is half the battle. Y'all niggas know. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's good with me wanting to be a kink educator and let you all know about kinks, fetishes, BDSM. I feel like it's almost like my obligation to continuously read on research articles regarding the lifestyle and educate myself constantly because if I can't educate myself, how the hell am I going to educate y'all? So that was an article that I read, like I said, (laughs) where it spoke about how fearful experiences can alter a person's sense of attraction and often increase their sexual attraction. So there's been some evidence that states that a heightened sexual attraction can actually come under the conditions of high anxiety or fear. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm just thinking about in a sense of like dating where you are on a date and you guys go to a haunted house and I don't know if I've ever experienced this because I'm terrified of haunted houses but if you're at a haunted house and you have like that adrenaline rush after getting through the house and knowing that you're going to make it out safely I wonder how that ties into like oh my god we made it that was so scary let me suck your dick now I'm so curious because again I am a scary bitch so my mind and my pussy is completely dry. Like, I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to gain my consciousness back because I typically black out in haunted houses. I just hold on to whoever I'm with and just close my eyes and float along like a rag because I'm terrified. But I always wondered how they, they coincide with each other. So as reading this article, I found that this is essentially a confusion or misattribution of excitement or arousal, taking the experience from one state of fear and attributing it to the experience of lust and attraction. So when I read that, I instantly thought of makeup sex. So makeup sex typically stems from some things not going all that right in the relationship it could be a really really bad argument you guys could have gone days without talking that is a fear because at this point you're at the fear of the unknown you don't know where your relationship's going to be considering that the state that is in so like once you reconcile and you have makeup sex I really feel like 
from an argument so that anxiety and that fear from a severe argument really can turn you on. And now I see that's why people like makeup sex so much. Like I'm not the type of woman who will cause an argument purposely just so I can get makeup sex. I'm just going to be able to vocalize it to you and tell you that I want bomb dick. Like I'm not going to get you in a tizzy or piss you off for the sake of saying, oh, that makeup sex going to be bomb. No, just stick me down. Like I'm a brat. Y'all know I can be a little bit of bitch of a bitch sometimes. Um, but I, I don't, I don't like arguing. Um, I'm a Libra. I'm scales. I'm naturally a peacemaker by, you know, birthright. So causing an argument on purpose just to get dick out of the equation is never going to be for me. Again, I no shame to those who do just not my wheelhouse, but I definitely understand how that anxiety and that slight fear of a really bad argument and not knowing the state of your relationship and making up from it can be like the ultimate rush. Absolutely. The next reason for fear play would be connection. And you know what? This one, I probably, out of the four that I read, this one was the one that I actually identified with the most. So trauma bonding is a real thing. You, if you are on Twitter, (laughs) you know that this is a consistent manifestations, trauma bonding, toxicity you know these are trigger words uh, on the world of twitter so i can't like connections when faced with a fearful or traumatic experience i can see how a survival situation will build a stronger foundation or a stronger relationship with the person or friendship with the person and it strengthens like social ties because the two of you or the three of you or how many of you have just gone through something extremely traumatic together. It was anxiety and fear and worry. Everybody was on the same page with this. You don't know what's going to happen in your life and you survive it. That is a bond that literally will tie you together forever. Like I trauma bonding is real. Um, and no, I'm not getting psychological on you, so I'm not even going to go there. But with fear play, the hormones that are ba- like are released from fear, like the cortisone, the dopamine, the endorphins, they play a role in how this impacts a person's behavior and their memory and their perspectives and their functioning going forward. So I feel like if you experience this with somebody whether it be actual fear or whether it be a a planned out in like a scene, I genuinely do believe that this is something that will bond a bottom or a submissive or a slave to their top dom, you know, y'all know. It'll, I feel like it'll bond them to it, to them forever because they've had all this fear, all this anxiety. And again, fear and anxiety really does shape our experiences it shapes I've always said that certain traumas alter your DNA and I stand on that I will die on that hill I'm a living proof of severe trauma literally changing my DNA anyway um 
that's a whole nother topic for another day, which I may go into mm, not really kink related. So anyway, um, so I, I understand how connection plays a huge part in fear play and also wanting that deeper connection with your partner and choosing fear play as an outlet to gain that connection. I definitely understand that. All right. So the last one I found for why is fear play necessary or why do fear play accomplishment? Now, again, everybody isn't a scary bitch like me, (laughs) but to the people who aren't, they benefit from accomplishing something, a fantasy or a scene that they really, really wanted to participate in, whether whatever fear-based scene it may be, they accomplished it. They got through it. They've deepened their connection with their dom or their master or their top. I'm just going to say top. They've gotten their excitement. They've gotten the rush. And there's a sense of like, willpower here like you have the willpower to stick through this fear play scene you were determined and when you followed through and you actually saw it through you accomplished the goal making it to the it's just like making it to the end of a haunted house you're just like whoa that was scary but bitch we made it same same literally like oh my god you just tied me up and put me on the water but I am alive to tell the story so I'm I'm not sure I'm totally being you know facetious here guys not saying that you're gonna like tie somebody up and put them underwater unless that's what they prefer but if you do that please safe sane and consensual I just want everybody to be on the same accord because I don't want nobody out here drowning okay but I get it so it's just that sense of oh my god this was something I wanted to do and I was scared as hell and I was nervous as fuck and I was terrified but I did it And I came out on the other end and ha 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 ha, I can laugh about it. High five to me. I crushed that shit. Kudos. I'm still in the corner crying, but you know, anyway, a sense of accomplishment is really acknowledging and fear play is acknowledging a new, like having a new competency of or a new level of control in your fear-based activities like one to check off the box bitch I finally did this bitch he put me in an elevator and left me there for six hours I finally did it I'm gonna tell y'all I am extremely extremely claustrophobic I am not saying that because that's the shit we used to hear on tv I'm saying I'm terrified to the point where you cannot bury me after life like when my life is over I will haunt you I am please don't put me in a box under the ground even in death I am afraid and I am alive and well and talking to you right here on this podcast the idea of being in like a trunk or even mummification you guys know I talked about that you cannot bind me to the point where I can't move because I am instantly going to associate that with being buried alive and I'm probably going to die because of fear so again this is not my kink because I have a lot of shit I am afraid of I am afraid of terrified of spiders I am terrified of closed spaces like 
you put me in a closet, I'm probably just going to just turn into putty. I don't know. I'll probably just dissolve into like bone marrow and organs. <laughs> That's how terrified I am. So, you know, kudos to the people who accomplish their, you know, their fear fantasies because baby girl, I don't have any. I don't. I just, whew, just a thought, like literally thinking about, I remember like, one time I was, I can't even remember. I think it might've been my exam. I'm not sure. I was telling somebody about my fear of like over the phone. I was telling them about the severe fear that I have of being in close spaces to the point where if I think about it, I hyperventilate. It's just the thought of being like in a coffin. And I instantly started breaking out in hives just having a conversation so the fear is there so this is not my wheelhouse because like it said like I said um a few minutes ago some doms some subs bottoms whatever you want to be you know identified as you have to come to the realization that your weaknesses and your fears may be used against you and let me tell you one goddamn thing Bitch, if you try to tie me up and put me in a closed space, not only will I fight you like I'm a grown ass man, I am shutting all that shit down and airing that bitch the fuck out because do not use my fears against me. But I also want to go and say, (laughs) please be aware, real phobias are real phobias. Do not, now I repeat, do not use or do the real thing. If you know your bottom has a serious fear of something, spiders, clowns, heights, drowning, please don't put them in a fear-based scene with an actual phobia that they have. Like, I just feel like that's just grounds for hospitalization, potential criminal charge, an argument that's going to end the dynamic. Just please be aware. Like, if somebody's telling you that they're God-fearing of spiders, please don't bring Charlotte and her people to the scene because what the fuck? Like, why would you want to like, cause that's, there's a big difference in between being sadistic and cruel. That's not sadistic. If somebody's telling you they have arachnophobia and you bring spiders to the scene, you're just being hateful at that point. And at that point, I'm just going to assume that you don't really fucking like me. So that's going to be the end of that. Because again, please don't use someone's real fears in a fear play scene. That's not cool. If you all discussed it and you've decided to use some variation without the actual real thing, that's one thing. But please do not bring a trunk to the scene and tie somebody up and put them in it if you know they have claustrophobia. Please don't. All right. So last thing, I'm going to give you guys some examples of scenes. So typically a dom or a top in the scene and a fear-based scene is called the tormentor. So I found four, I think four, three, sorry, four. I found four examples of fear play scenes. So nightmares, 
You can do a scene based on your bottom's nightmares. So if you're open, you've had this conversation, you've asked your bottom, they told you they had a horrible dream and you asked them to explain the dream to you in detail. If they remember, cause you know, oftentimes we don't remember dreams, but I do my shit, sir. Clearly I need therapy apparently for what my roommate told me. But anyway, um, you can recreate the dream sequence. Uh, I seen on the article, it said you can use examples from horror movies and artwork like Hellraiser or, you know, just something that mimics in detail of their nightmare. My nightmare is a wild nine times out of 10. You can kind of tell that mine are nightmares because I'm like, my dog doesn't talk and I instantly know I'm in a dream. So I, that wouldn't work on me, but nightmares is an example of fear-based scenes where you can recreate your bottom's worst nightmare. Mummification. You guys know I've done a whole episode on this. It's when you immobilize somebody completely, their full body, they can't move, they can't wiggle, they can't scream. All they can do is breathe through a tube or a straw or however you've set it up where they are wrapped and immobilized completely. I would die. (laughs) Uh, Another fear-based scene is the fear of being cut. Knife play, needle play. Anything that's threatening, like threatening to slice, I don't know, a man's balls or like having him, and I'm slightly sadistic, uh, having him eat your pussy while you have a knife to his throat. Like not my, again, not my cup of tea, but I do know that this exists for people. So I'm going to talk about it. And the last one is clowns. Now what I just said, literally a minute ago is please do not use people's actual phobias to create fear-based scenes. That is not cool. But clowns made the list. Um, you can do a circus theme where someone is dressed as a clown. Someone is ex- like assisting you in co-topping. I instantly think clown threesome. Again, not my ministry. I don't have a fear of clowns. It is definitely one of my favorite movies. Uh, the old, the original miniseries and the new ones. Honestly, those kids were great. But Beetlejuice, the Joker, like if they have a slight fear where it's not detrimental and it won't just traumatize them, incorporate it. Okay, so last thing before I get out of here because I am tired it is the weekend and I want to get the rest of my weekend started okay I found Ophelia that kind of relates to fear-based but not really unfortunately I couldn't find enough information on this particular Ophelia to do an episode on it so because I'm talking about fear play and kinks based around fears I'm going to talk about this one so y'all gotta bear with me as I try to pronounce this word I broke it down a few hours before I started recording (sighs) okay autosassinophilia a-u-t-a-s-s-a-s-s-i-n-o-p-h-i-l-i-a autosassinophilia you know what? That one. 
So that is a paraphilia in which sexual arousal and the achievement of orgasm are facilitated by the fantasy or belief that one is in danger of being killed. This may include the individual staging a sexual encounter characterized by extreme masochism. I'm just going to throw in their fear play with the real potential of his or her own murder. Also called auto assassinatophilia compared to homicidophilia. I don't have this philia. If you do email me, DM me. I would love to talk to you. I have so many questions because again, knowing is half the battle. Like it's important. The more, you know, do to do stars going across the sky. So <laughs> if you, again, you have that, please DM me, email me because I am curious. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up episode 86 of Kinks with Kiki. You guys can email me kingswithkiki at gmail.com. I am back on Twitter. You can email, I mean, you can DM me on Twitter. Probably not going to get answered, but I'm just letting you know in advance. Um, you can follow me, Kinks with Kiki. You can also follow me on Instagram at Kinks with Kiki Podcast. Again, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. And as of now, if you use the code Kiki, that is K-E-K-E, you can get 20% off and free shipping on your first order. So do that for your girl because I'm trying to get an ad and a sponsor okay all right guys so this has been fun thanks 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 and i hope you guys have a wonderful monday and i hope you have a fantastic week phenomenal holiday because by the time you guys hear this martin luther king day would have passed so happy holiday to everyone especially everyone black because you know always gonna root for you and as always i am your dose of black girl in this kinky ass world and until next time Peace.